William Barker tells the story of a bishop from the East who visited a small Midwestern church college at the beginning of the 20th century. And the bishop stayed at the home of the college president and during their after-dinner conversation, the bishop declared that the return of Christ couldn't be far off because just about everything about nature had been discovered and all inventions conceived. Now, the young college president swallowed and politely disagreed and said he felt there would be many more discoveries. And when the bishop challenged the president to name one, the president replied that he thought within 50 years, people would be able to fly. Now, the bishop harumphed and declared that nonsense. The intriguing thing about this incident is that the bishop's name was Wright, and he had a couple of nephews at home who would prove to have far greater insight than he did. As you are aware, their names were Wilbur and Orville. Vision is one of the greatest gifts that we are given. Vision happens at three levels. First, there is physical sight or retinal activity. At this level, vision can be uh, evaluated by an optometrist. The second level of vision is mental sight. Mental sight involves intellectual comprehension. The third type of vision is spiritual sight. Spiritual sight is the ability to see God's providence at work in the world and in our lives. The need for spiritual sight is the focus of the lesson from 2 Kings. In the verses preceding our reading, the king of Syria has been waging war against Israel and has been unsuccessful because at every turn, the Israelites have been able to anticipate his moves. And he calls a meeting of his generals and demands to know who among them is the traitor. One of his officers says, O king, your diagnosis is incorrect. No one here is betraying you. Instead, there is a man on the other side with whom God communicates. Therefore, all of your plans are told to this man. The king immediately asks who and where this man is, and he gathers his army, and he goes to Dotham to seize the prophet Elijah. And the army comes and surrounds the city at night. And in the morning, when the servant of the prophet goes outside, he sees the army surrounding the city, and he's filled with fear because escape is obviously impossible. He and his master are doomed. And he rushes back inside to tell the prophet that all is lost, that escape is impossible. When Elisha hears the predicament, he falls on his knees and prays. Now, this in itself is not surprising. We would expect the prophet to pray for guidance in such a situation. But that's not what Elisha prays for. Instead, he prays for his servant that the Lord might open his eyes and he might see. Though the prayer suggests that the servant is blind, his blindness is not physical or mental, 
for he could clearly see the Syrian army, and he accurately concluded that humanly there was no possible escape. But this was the limit of his vision. He was devoid of spiritual sight, and this left him blind to the ways God was at work. If all we see is the physical, we're not really equipped for life because the physical represents only a part of what really exists. Spiritual sight and the resulting insights are essential if we want to live life to the fullest. Spiritual sight enables us to see things in new ways. The marvel of science and technology is not so much that they invent things that make life easier and better for us, which they do. It's that they see things that have always been there and see them in new ways. Thomas Edison didn't invent electricity. He saw what had always been there and harnessed it. And today we can't function without it. The Wright brothers didn't invent the laws of aerodynamics. Those were always there. They simply figured out how to apply those laws so that human beings could fly. It is essential in art, as well as in most forms of leadership, that people envision what is not yet visible to the human eye alone. There is a marvelous story of Michelangelo looking at a piece of marble and saying to, assist, to his assistant, give me a hammer and a chisel that I might release the angel imprisoned in this stone. Most of us are able to see, but we only see what is plainly visible in front of us. We lack the vision to see the things that are unseen. We see problems, but we miss solutions. We see the burdens of life, and we miss the blessings. We see the forces arrayed against us, and we miss the ways God is with us. All too often, we look at the negative instead of the positive. Consider for a moment the area of drug abuse. We mourn the lives lost and the families torn apart. What we need to do is pray that our eyes might be opened to the solutions that God is calling us to be a part of. God is calling us to invest our time and energy in individuals and in our community as Sunday school teachers, Logos workers, scout leaders, coaches, mentors, friends. God is calling us to share our faith that others might begin to see and know the joy of God's providential care and to develop a vision for life as God intends it. And consider the area of racism. We decry racism and the negative effect that it has on people and on the world. We declare that we're not racist, but what we need to do is ask God to open our eyes to see the ways we turn away from people and shut them out 
because they're different. When God opens our eyes to see all people as God's people, all kinds of growth and blessings occur. Prayer is for us an eye-opener. It is one of the main means by which God gives us spiritual sight. Unfortunately, many of us doubt the efficacy of prayer because we think of it as a magic lamp and you rub it and the genie comes out and does your bidding. And when that doesn't happen, we begin to doubt the efficacy of prayer. However, the real value of prayer is that it enlarges our sympathies, quiets our minds, widens our perspectives, purifies our thoughts, and calms our anxieties. When Elisha's servant's eyes were opened, he saw the ways that God was protecting the prophet. And indeed, prayer opens our eyes to see the ways God is at work in our lives and in the world around us. Prayer opens our eyes and enables us to see and know that God's grace is greater than our sin, that God's presence is greater than our fears, that God's healing is greater than our illness, that Christ's resurrection is greater than our death. Prayer opens our eyes that we might see God at work in our lives and in the world around us. Glory be to God for the incredible gift of sight and vision. Amen.